Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. This is another special Wednesday morning episode brought to you by our new sponsor, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness, who we featured on episode 145. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to take a look at the leadership books on my website. I've written three leadership books, and I recommend you start with I Have the Watch first. It's filled with 22 short stories that will help you become a leader worth following. It's a quick read, and most people finish it in less than three hours. It's also available in Kindle and on Audible, so you can listen in your car or while working out. And a Spanish version is also in the works. So check out all my books, either on Amazon or on my website, johnsrenny.com. I also wanted to mention that the Deep Leadership Podcast is now ranked in the top 2.5% most popular shows out of 3 million podcasts globally, according to Listen Score. We're also closing in on the top 100 management shows in the United States. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening in every week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about what it takes for new managers to become impactful leaders. My guest is Stefan Evramchev. Stefan coaches newly promoted managers to help them successfully navigate in their new roles. He helps them quickly become effective leaders. This is such an important topic, and I'm honored to have Stefan join us on this episode. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Stefan Aramchev. Stefan is a transformation and leadership coach with over 25 years of work experience, starting from software engineering, going through to business, entrepreneurship, and now arriving at coaching. Now, having been through the struggles of being a new manager firsthand, he now coaches newly promoted leaders to successfully navigate through the first and often most difficult times in their management careers. And I am excited to have him on the show to talk about what it takes for a new manager to become an impactful leader. So, Stefan, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I've been following you for a while, and uh, I'm honored to be uh, finally with you. 
So uh, I really appreciate uh, your invitation today. Yeah, I am excited. We talked uh, before, and uh, I just really love what you're doing, and I think it's so important, and uh, especially when it comes to helping new leaders get up to speed. So that's what I want to talk about today. But first, let's start off with, you know, how did you arrive at coaching? Uh, you know, a little bit about your career, how you arrived at coaching, and why you want, why you have this passion to help coach new managers. Well, uh, it's been a long journey from long journey for me already some 25 years ago i started um work and uh, even before that i fell with um i fell in love with uh, computers and programming uh that was um in school and that love persisted so eventually i got my software engineering degree and i started working in the industry uh, as a software developer to realize that software development actually is quite a different thing from simple software engineering. Uh, and I realized that software is actually uh, made by great teams and is a collective effort uh, as opposed to heroism from, from individuals. So to me was a was a uh, discovery that the fact that the the te technical skills uh, were rarely the reason for failures uh, the, the challenge was um, with people with the ways of working with processes this the challenge was um, in in leadership and that's how i got drawn into leadership and moved um, uh, gradually from engineering to, to management. Uh, I went to business school as well to add the, the, the missing knowledge um, about business and, and leadership and management. So eventually I got drawn by, by coaching. Uh, it was a sort of uh, calling that uh, I, I felt because I was seeing more and more the, on a daily basis the the reality, the struggles of the young managers. I've seen the struggles of all managers, but uh, the, the the ones that were just promoted, um, they they were having a, a, a big uh, problem at the uh, at the transition. So I realized that um, this is what I need to do, and this is the 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 great opportunity, not only for the enterprises not only for the economy, but for the society at large, if you will. Because these guys have a direct impact, not only on performance, but also on, on loyalty, on satisfaction, on growth and development. So uh, for me, it was clear that uh, this is what I wanted to do. So that's where I'm at. That's fantastic. I do think you're right. I do think if we can get new leaders up to speed quicker, they can have a greater impact on the organization and the people that work for them. So I think it's a it's a it's a noble effort. It's a great uh, place to 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 be focusing on coaching, and it's much needed today. And one of the things I was going to ask you, and you talk about this too, is you think you say part of the problem is that is that these new managers are not really supported during right. their transition. So talk a little bit about what some of the problems that managers new managers face, just in terms of getting support from the companies that that mm -hmm. promote them. Yeah, well, a few few things are uh, 
contributing in a, in, a, in a big way to the to the present situation uh, of uh, inag- inadequate support for these uh, young leaders. Uh, first of all, is the context. Uh, it very much depends on the industry and on the uh, organization they are uh, working in. If that organization is bureaucratic, if it's a hostile place, uh, toxic place with unfriendly uh, people and relationships, then that's that's going to be uh, what these new managers are going to try to master and trying to replicate. So that's uh, that's one thing. Another thing is uh, uh, their their manager. Very often, I've seen their, their manager being in a struggle of, uh, of of their own where they are also probably just promoted to the new managerial level trying to learn the roles of that role and figure out uh, what they need to do so they have uh, received little support themselves um, in the past so now, now they continue by not really paying attention to their subordinates um, and this is down to ignorance uh, or maybe also incompetence at the uh, given level of management. So that's another big, uh, big component. Uh, and ultimately, the support that um, HR delivers to the young managers is, um, for me, uh, a product of... Um, a misconception because it uh, goes as far as teaching and content delivery is concerned, but really stops short of adding a practical uh, element of that support. So these uh, young managers, they're not receiving coaching. They receive uh, knowledge, uh, information, awareness, but they don't get to practice what they have learned. So that's those are the three major things I I want to mention in terms of what really contributes uh, to that situation with the young managers. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think at best you might get, you know, a company saying, well, read this book or watch this video or maybe go to a training session. So yeah. these are like one-time events, but what they're missing and, and what I've found to, to, to the best, the best way to become a great leader is to have some level of coaching or mentoring someone that is, you know, more senior that has been down the path to help that individual make the transition. And like you said, we do these one-time events, you know, and we say, Hey, go read this book or watch this video or go to this training. And now, and now you're a leader, you know, magically you're your leader, but that's not how it works. It's, that's not how you learn how to play guitar. You can't just read a book, watch a video, go to training. You have to practice. Absolutely. Yeah, and you have to absolutely. practice some, often with a mentor, with a teacher, with somebody that knows how to, because leadership skills are skills just like any other yeah. skills. And you have to, you have to learn them and you have to practice them under someone more senior. And I think yeah. you're, you're hitting the nail on the head and that's why coaching is so critical, right? Yeah. And yeah, and, and and practicing the the new the new knowledge turning in the, into skill is precluded from from the manager uh, of that young manager uh, themselves because they um, they rarely create space for the new manager to start practicing the new uh, the new knowledge. They rarely create demand 
and expectation that knowledge to to be uh, practiced and uh, that's that's how they they contribute in conjunction with uh, uh, the programs delivered by HR being uh, uh, simply theoretical. Yeah, ab- I see that a lot. Absolutely. So, what what do you think makes it so makes it, it uh, this transitions to management so difficult for most managers? Because I think you end up having these great. Usually, it's a great individual contributor, mm-hmm. and uh, someone notices them based on their individual contributors, uh, their efforts. They're a good engineer. They're a good salesman. They're a good. Um, production supervisor or something like that. And then they get promoted to management. And so you take somebody and you make from an individual contributor and you make them manager, you give them a manager title. Why is there such a what why is that transition so difficult? Well I think the the the, the answer um is uh partly in the in the question itself. Um, first of all they are individual contributors and as such they are unaware of what the the transition actually entails. They're unaware that the transition entails uh, transformation. And also they don't know what that transformation requires. So they are really unprepared and taken by surprise at the new level. So after that, the, the the first thing that they don't know, and that, that's why they're lacking, is the new mindset that they need to be sporting. So the, the wrong mindset manifests in many ways. But for example, one way is that they um, are having uh, an ego problem very often. As, um, as the most... Uh, proficient and experienced and uh, the the best of their teams, they were promoted to managers. And now from being on the top of the food chain, if I can uh, uh, say it so, now they have to move to the bottom of the food chain in the managerial ladder. So that's very, uh, very tough and evokes a ego response uh, inevitably. So that's one thing that plays a number. Another thing is you, you said yourself, they are still functioning from the uh, individual contributor mindset and they mm-hmm. haven't adopted the achieving through others value system. Yes. That's, that's what makes the transition very difficult and actually not working. And ultimately abandoning what you know already uh, is uh, not only painful for the ego, but actually creates uh, insecurity. Uh, you got to go to square one from the best one. You got to go to the one that's uh, from starting from beginning. So not not an easy one. And for that, they need uh, they need space. They need time. They need encouragement. They need to be allowed to fail, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So that's uh, uh, that's for sure. And Ultimately, there is there is one skill, John, that uh, is um, is is missing. Um, engineers are known to be um, not the best, um, not with the best EQ score, the uh, emotional intelligence, and when that's uh, the, the the case, 
that would um, not help them. Actually, that would stop them from uh, being empathetic, managing the relationship with their with their people, which will pre pre prevent them from making good bonds. And from there, there is no trust, and nothing really happens in terms of uh, positive leadership. So that's indeed uh, what what I think makes a transition difficult uh, yeah. for, for them. Uh, well, there are many things that are difficult, but I think these are sticking out uh, in my experience as the, as the ones that uh, uh, create uh, most uh, and, and are source of the most of the trouble for these young managers. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, when you're when you're rewarded your whole life on on doing, you know, you're being a great doer. And now yeah. you're told, no, it's not your doing. It's it's your leading through others or getting things done through others. Yeah. And you say, well, so a lot of a lot of um, a lot of these new managers go back to their comfort zone. <clears throat> they'll shut their door and they'll work on engineering drawings, which are they're, they're good at and they're and they're comfortable with versus going to, uh, okay, well, how am I going to get the most out of my team thinking, thinking that way? They're more, they, they, they slip back into what they're comfortable with because meeting people is, uh, it's outside their comfort zone. It's something they haven't done in their career. It's the first time. So you're right. So they, they default back to what they're, what they're, what they've been rewarded for their whole careers. And, uh, and that's, and if you don't help them with that transition, they could get stuck with being, either a doer and or a micromanager, like controlling every little aspect of it because that's how they were rewarded throughout their careers, control and and getting everything done instead of yeah. giving people their personal freedoms to, to accomplish great things. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So um, you say there's ways to help people move more swiftly mm -hmm. in that transition so they're able to move from uh like like a new manager into an effective leader more quickly what are some of those of of things that will help uh new leaders make that transition well first of all as i mentioned work on work on your mindset mm. uh it's a personal development uh endeavor uh this transition to management so they need to uh embrace authenticity and embrace the fact that they're vulnerable. Mm. As you said yourself, they have to be operating at the outskirts of their competence. They have to be operating at the border of what they can solve. They have to be welcoming tough questions and questions that they don't have the answer necessarily. I know managers need to be competent, but I'm much more interested uh, to, to see how they function and how they react and what do they do in the face of uh, challenge, in the face of adversity, in the face of tough question that they cannot answer. Mm. So that's really uh, important. And that's what creates also the, the psychological safety for the team, mm, uh, yes. showing that it, it can be tough sometimes but we are a team and we will learn we'll try we'll fail we'll, we'll pick the, the the lessons and we'll uh expand the perimeter of our uh capability one step further so that's that's one thing they need to uh, uh do to adopt a beginner mindset uh 
to to allow the whole team to to learn and to instill a psychological safety around failure. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This podcast is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Now, don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to help take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. So if you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at jeremyclevengerfitness.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Fraternity of Excellence. The Fraternity of Excellence is an online and real-world community for men who are looking to improve in all areas of their lives. The men of FOE are working together to become better husbands, fathers, and leaders at work and in their communities. They live by a simple philosophy, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, I've been a member for more than three years, and for me, I finally found a brotherhood of men that I was missing from my time in the military. Now, I love being around guys who are dedicated to becoming a better version of themselves. So if you're interested in becoming a man of excellence as well, go to fraternityofexcellence.com, or you can reach out directly to me to learn more. Yeah, the second thing um, I want to mention is the adoption of that achieving through others' uh, value system. One day, they have to wake up and in the morning, they need to start worrying more about their managerial activities Mm. rather than their technical activities. That's the moment when they have uh, moved across to the leadership uh, uh, ground, basically. So that's uh, important. They they must um, use delegation as a as a tool for, for for success. They need to understand that delegation is 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 the way for them to grow, the way for their people to grow and achieve. And actually, the 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 question at every next level of managerial promotion is. Now, what do I keep for myself, and what do I delegate? So this is yeah. uh, this is a very important question. Uh, you you said yourself in your in your books, you know, it's about uh, goals and about people that are going to be uh, inspired and uh, influenced to move towards these goals. So they need to make. Uh, plans, they, goals and plans how to achieve these goals and they need to measure what yeah. they uh, are doing so that they can learn. And ultimately, I would advise them to start coaching. Uh, yeah. Whether they will receive coaching from their manager, that's a question. 
uh, their manager may not be susceptible to coaching and they they may not want to do that but uh, and they they can seek coaching and from another external coach a leadership coach for example but ultimately i would uh, advise them to and i'm encouraging them in my program to start coaching themselves yeah, I I think you're I think you're right on on with that. I think a lot I think of what you said or and when you first started talking about this is uh, this idea of, you know, being being authentic. And um, when yep. you're a new manager, if you walk into the room and say, "Well, I'm in charge. I'm going to make all decisions. This is the way it's going to go," then you've instantly turned off your team, right? They're like, "Oh, okay. Well, Rennie thinks he knows it all just because he has a manager's title right now." And I know, I remember when I first showed up to the USS Tennessee as a young officer, and I met my team, all, every one of those uh, men were far more capable than me, far more experienced than me, uh, older than me, uh, and I, yet I was the boss. And it, it taught me right then and there that, that I had to be humble, I had to listen I had to be curious and ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And the other thing is, is I had to learn as much as I could, as quickly as I could, so that I could be a competent leader for these very seasoned professionals. So I think you're right. Don't pretend that you're an expert uh, when you show up on day one as a leader. It's okay to say, I don't know, and to rely on your experts uh, for their their ideas and their opinions and their thoughts. So utilize your team. Again, it's about getting things done through others, not you trying to do it all yourself. Yeah, even if you know the answer, I think yeah. it's, it's great if you don't speak up and ask the team for the answer because you're growing them that way. It's very yeah. similar to how we... Uh, teach and how we uh, grow our our kids you know we want to try them we want to give them the opportunity to figure it out themselves otherwise we're kind of robbing them of the chance to to find the answer uh, for themselves and they may find even a better answer than yeah. the one we we think uh, is right so that's why I would encourage the leaders to ask questions. I think yeah. when you sit around the table uh, and watch for a while, uh, you figure out that the leader is the one who's asking the questions, not the one who's providing the answers. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. I have that. I think I have it in some of my books that leadership is not about uh, is not about you telling people what to do. It's not about the, uh, having all the answers. It's about having the right questions and being smart enough to shut up and listen yeah, to listen. the answers. Yeah, yeah that's deep. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can tell you numerous times in my career that the right question made a difference uh, in my organization and taking us to the next level. And it wasn't about my knowledge or my experience or my leadership skills. It was just asking the right question and getting people to think differently about a problem. And then suddenly you have a solution you never thought of before. I'm not going to come up with that. But if I have a team of 12 people who are experts and I ask the right question, we're going to get the answer. It's gonna, it's gonna come out, and and it yeah. has every time in my career. And I'm talking 33 years of doing this. Mm -hmm. I have not had to have the answers. I just had to have the right questions and be willing to be humble enough to listen to the answers. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes it is 
and not sometimes, I think very often, almost all the times, it is not so important whether the result or the answer is the best one. It's more important that it's coming from the team. Yes. Because if it comes from you, it may be the best result, but in business language, it is called inappropriate result because mm -hmm. it comes from the wrong person or from the wrong uh, yeah. body. Yeah. That's why it's going to be appropriate result first and then it will get better and better every time if it's not the best yet. Yeah, I I agree with that 100% because there's buy-in, right? When yeah. somebody gets gets to have their voice and then their idea becomes implemented, they're bought into that solution instead of it just came from down yeah. on high. It's yeah. like, oh, that's my idea. And the boss listened to me and we're going to do it. That's so exciting. I have a voice in this company. And, and they I will think, push much harder. Yeah, yeah, when, absolutely. When the decision what to do was theirs, when the idea was theirs. Yeah. And by the way, you know, for people listening in, that's what makes leadership easy. When you do things like that, you're not pushing the rope. It's it's you're not trying to push a rope. You're 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 allowing people to to pull you along. And I think that's uh, that's some of the secrets of great leaders is getting people excited about something in their ideas and implementing their own ideas. And you're just there as a facilitator to make sure things work. And uh, yeah. and so you don't have to have all the answers. You got to have good questions, be willing to listen and be able to say, yes, let's do it. And I think leaders that do that are going to have far, far better results than ones that yeah. try to do it all themselves. Yeah, they're they are enablers for their team. Make yeah. sure the team is enabled and all impediments are kind of taken care of and the team is future-proof. Make sure they are... Uh, performing in a sustainable manner, uh, you know, you you're hiring you you're hiring the the, the right additions to the team. Yeah, yeah. So it's enough job. If it's enough work for for a full time job already. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. You don't need to do more. Yeah, that's so true. So, well, how if you just like look at it, you know, your experience with coaching and um and just you know what you've seen, how does coaching make a difference for these young leaders if they have a mentor or coach someone they're working with that's especially if it's outside their their line of you know their their direct boss how does coaching help help these young leaders well that's a that's a great question and and uh the coaching helps everybody and would help all leaders not only these young leaders uh mainly because of what we just said a moment ago, ago, Joe. You said yourself, leadership is about asking questions and listening deep. Well, this is what coaching is. Ah, uh, yes. It's deep listening and asking questions, all right? So that's, uh, that's why. So it will help them move, from the theoretical and from the knowledge place to the to the skill place where they try and and learn and get better and build skills and actually practice what they what they know and also uh, that actually coaching is is a is a true servant leadership in action mm. because you're in a in a supportive alliance with uh uh, with the, with your subordinates when you're doing so, and you're 
developing them and you're mastering the the, the skill of uh, listening and uh, asking questions and not robbing them of the chance to develop, to win and to achieve, but uh, actually provoking uh, thinking and ownership. Yeah, I think you're right. I know for me, you know, and when I first had my first manufacturing plant, there was a, there was one person in my, in the plant. So I had a manufacturing plant. I was the the general manager. I was the senior guy on site, but there was one guy in that plant that didn't work for me. He worked in, mm-hmm. in sales, but he just happened to live in the town. So he had an office, but he was at my level. So we were at the same seniority level. But I, I sort of, he, he became my adopted coach. So he became the person that I would go to. He was the only person in this building that didn't report to me. So I had an opportunity to have, like, I would go in there, shut the door and just ask, I like, would just talk to him about the challenges that I was having, the prop, the, the things that I ran into that, that, that were possibly hurdles uh, towards getting where I wanted to get done. And it was great to just have another person to listen to me, ask me questions, make me think differently about it. Someone that was not in my chain of command. And I needed that to help me get clarity of thought to go back out there and, and, and do the right thing. So I really do encourage young leaders, if you don't have a coach or if you don't have a mentor, or if you don't have someone you can confide in, go find that person soon because that's going to help you get through those early jitters, those fears, those, um, you know, what what am I doing? How am I going to get out of this situation? You need to have another person in your life that you can talk to. So, yeah, I do think that coaching is a big part of that. Absolutely. you. you that, that was a great addition. That's indeed what coaching also provides is a uh, reflection, uh, a different angle. Yeah. Yourself from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seeing the things. Yeah. You can't see what -hmm. do they say? You can't see the forest through the trees. You're worried about the one tree. And sometimes a coach can just say, oh, wait, there's a whole forest here. We've got you're you're fixated on something that's not that important. You need to look over here and you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, sometimes having a person there that you can bounce ideas off of, you're going to get like a wider view of of the business and and of the problem. So yeah, I do highly encourage it. It certainly worked for me in my career for sure. Yeah. And yeah. a person that believes in you yes. more than you believe in you in this yes. very moment is yes. uh you know helping you to you know pick yourself up and continue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You you t- you mentioned one thing in your last comments that uh, you said servant leadership. Yeah. So what um why why do you think servant leadership is so important? Well, because it's you know, it, it provokes thinking. Mm. Uh it's invites thinking. Uh requires thinking and to me this is very important. You know, to, to me it's it's a, it's an ultimate uh, corporate sin to separate thinking from doing. <laughs> it's just uh, you know recipe for for disaster. I think there is no workplace where thinking is not required and invited. You know, even in uh, in places where people are uh, following orders, like in the army, 
they still operate uh, within a very precise operating boundaries, operating envelope. And within that boundaries, uh, not only thinking is required, but, you know, ownership and new ideas and uh, leadership. So I think uh, servant leadership is... uh, that's why it works because it provokes thinking it uh, allows space for for development it basically puts the uh, leader and the subordinate in a uh, in a partnership uh, uh, for growth and development uh, it appreciates the person and uh, as i said a moment ago it uh, induces ownership uh, of uh, uh, from uh, from the subordinate, so uh, that to me also increases motivation and ultimately allows us to uh, to really influence people and to just influence them, not be directive and not be uh, bossy, but uh, from from position of influence to. Uh, uh, exercise leadership. Yeah, I, I can couldn't agree with you more. I think that that um, you know you you mentioned it earlier. You know the idea that you know, the boss sort of becomes if you're doing servant leadership right, you're you're removing obstacles. You're 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 helping resolve conflicts, removing obstacles. You're getting you're getting your people the tools they need, uh, the the resources they need. You're hiring the right people. You're, but you're sort of getting out of the way and and making sure that they have what they need to be successful. Yeah. You know, you're you're in a support role in a way to your team. You're you're there as a as a supportive role to make sure they have what they need to be successful. Because if they're successful, ultimately you're successful, the business successful, and uh, and you know the enterprise does well. Yeah. But it's all about that idea of. It's not you serve me. It's not the people serving the leader. It's the leader serving the people, making sure they have what they need to be successful. And a lot of leaders get that backwards. <laughs> and yeah. so that's why I think, like you say, it's so servant leadership is so critical because it puts the order in the right place. Yep. They're paid for to create a winning team. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this has been this has been fantastic. And um, I want to give you a chance. So uh, how can people find out more about you and the coaching programs you offer? Um, Yeah, I I created um, a coaching program for uh, newly promoted managers. Uh, It's it's a four month coaching program with uh, nine nine modules in it uh, with more than 15 um, one on one coaching session. It's a very practical, very also personal, personalizable because everyone has a, a different um, uh, strengths and feels the 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 the, the pain uh, differently. So it's very personalizable. Uh, but ultimately, it's uh, results oriented. The, um, these guys uh, they will practice um, in in their uh, workplace. And they'll bring back results for uh, for the coaching. So that's uh, that to me that that's most important. Most important is what happens between the coaching sessions, not inside the coaching sessions. Um, and that's a program that uh, allows uh, companies to provide uh, just better support for their managers. 
Um, they can find me um, at uh, Stefan at justpromoted.coach. Uh, Actually, it is Stefan at just-promoted.coach uh, or at LinkedIn. Um, I can be found uh, easily there. Outstanding. So we're going to go ahead and put links in the show notes for everybody so they can get those resources. Uh, And again, if you don't have a coach, if you do not have a mentor, if you do not have a third party that you can talk to as a new manager, go out and get that today. Uh, We're going to have a link here that you can reach out to Stefan. Stefan can help you. As you mentioned, he's got a process there. It's a four-month process. By the way, I I highly recommend you, you find something like that, get something like that. And if you say, well, I don't know if I can afford it, go tell your boss, I need this program so that I can be more effective as a leader. So go there. Your boss is willing to pay the money. Go get it. Go get that coaching. Be a better boss. Be a better leader. Stefan, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing all this uh, insight. And uh, thanks for uh, for being on the show and sharing You know what I think is a really important issue, uh, and that is that transition from new new manager to becoming an effective leader. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me, John. Thanks again. It was a pleasure and honor. Thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. DC, I host the rock podcast back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to back to the arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast.